I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Welcome to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast, a.k.a. the Build Your Dream Life podcast, where each week we discuss waking up to who we truly are, finding our purpose, and the importance of building your dream life through unfiltered conversations, inspiring interviews, and my personal experience. I am so excited for this episode today with Nikki Conrad Eberlin, life coach who has a remarkable and inspiring story. In this episode, we dive into a ton of tangible, practical advice and tips that you can apply to your life today, right now to start building your life with more intention, more purpose, and waking up happier as a result. So with that, enjoy the episode. Nikki Conrad Eberlin, thanks so much for coming on the Bits of Gold podcast today. Excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am excited to share a little bit about your story, how you're helping people today, build a life they love, build their dream life, and dive into some tips to help them take advantage of your life coaching expertise and helping people build their dream life. Maybe just to kick off the show, you can introduce yourself, give a little background on who you are, what you do, and then we'll we'll jump in from there. Yeah, of course. So as you already know, my name's Nikki and I'm a life coach. I basically work with individuals to build better habits to reach their goals. And as we know by experience, life can be challenging. We all have our own sets of obstacles. And what I do is I work with my clients to build better mindsets or improve their mindset and overcome obstacles that prevent them from reaching their goals. And that's all over the spectrum of life. It could be with relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, happiness, confidence, whatever that might mean to them, whatever's most important in their life. That's awesome. How do you navigate into becoming a life coach? What pulled you that direction? How do you end up doing that? I've always been someone that's been very focused on personal development, bettering myself. Emotional intelligence is something that like really intrigues me. So I've kind of always been on that path. But my previous position that I was in was a training manager position. So basically, I worked with new employee onboarding. I did employee development. Like if they got promotions, I would train them so they could move into that new department. Leadership coaching, all those different aspects. So I was coaching before, but just not on a personal basis. And the reason why I decided to go into life coaching is because I worked for a financial institution. So tellers were our high turnover position that we were always hiring for in those entry-level jobs really had people that were right out of high school or maybe even had a college degree and they were just kind of getting their feet on the ground after college. And they really didn't have any life skills. You know, they didn't know how to show up professionally, have conversations with their boss or employees when things weren't going the way they should be. 
you know, there's just all those different aspects that you need to learn and grow in order to like be an adult, like to transition into that phase of life. So really, I became a mentor to a lot of the younger employees there. And I really wanted to go on a personal route because, you know, in a professional setting, you can only talk about certain things. And I knew that the things that Mm. were affecting them at work were things that were happening at home or in their personal life. So it all bleeds and intertwines together. And I really wanted to get more personal with those types of aspects. So that's kind of when I started diving into life coaching and seeing the potential and how people want help in these personal aspects. It's not just professional development. They want to be a better person and they want to have purpose and fulfillment and reach those goals in their life. Yeah, that makes complete sense. What would you say is the biggest difference between like a life coach and a business coach and a therapist? And I'm sure maybe people come to you all the time asking that because I've had a lot of business coaches on. I'm trying to think if I've had any therapists on the show, but I don't think so. But um, I know they all have subtle differences. So what what would you say is like the, the biggest difference between the three? Yeah. So I would say when it comes to coaches in general, I kind of think about it like doctors. So like I'm a life coach, so I'm kind of like a general practitioner doctor you know, I'm the one that they go to first, but there's more specialty type doctors with anything, you know, it could be dermatology, skin stuff, other sorts of things. And that's kind of where like business coaches are or career coaches, they have more specific focuses with the work that they do. So for me, I help with all spectrums of people's life, not just specifically careers, or businesses or something of that nature. So that would be the difference between like business and life coaches. Got it. What would you say is the main thing that you help people with as it relates to building a life they love? Is it more focused on building better habits? Is it more focused on goal setting? I'd love to learn a little bit more, obviously, around what you focus on specifically. Yeah, so it would definitely be building better habits. And those habits would be consistency, accountability, discipline, showing up for yourself in those types of ways. And You know, I do that with my clients by having weekly sessions, but they have to show up for themselves every single week to make effort to reach this goal Mm. in that aspect. But when it comes to like therapy and all that kind of stuff or the difference between that and life coaching or coaching in general, where coaching is very forward focused, like no matter what type of coach that you're with, you're going to have specific goals. And As a coach, my job is to help you reach those goals. That's what I do. Whereas therapy may be more for previous traumas, depression, PTSD, that kind of stuff. And that is stuff I know I can speak for myself and the majority of coaches that we do not touch. That is definitely for therapy and those types of experts. That makes complete sense. I'm thinking back to some of my own previous experience, both working with coaches as well as Speaking with therapists, yeah. I always find that therapy is more like an opportunity to vent and talk things through, yes. whereas coaching is much more goal-oriented. And I think also the accountability piece yes. is, is tremendous. It's a very simple way that I like to look at it. Or if someone were to ask me, I would say like, uh, from my own experience with working with a coach, you have that mm-hmm. accountability similar to if you went to the gym and you worked out by yourself, or if you had a personal trainer who's holding you accountable and pushing you along along the process. Definitely. I would completely agree. And, you know, I think I have this on my website somewhere where it's like, as a coach, I'm not your mom, your friend, someone to gossip or vent with. I'm here to take action and to help you develop yourself personally or professionally, because I do take your development seriously. And that's what I'm here to help you do. We're here to take action, not just talk about things and just kind of leave it at that. 
Yeah, that that makes complete sense. So before we get back into more tips in in regards to the coaching piece and how some of our listeners can take some of your wisdom and knowledge as it relates to building their own dream life. One theme I wanted to touch on was the idea around not being able to control external circumstances around Mm -hmm. you. I'd love to sort of dive into that a little bit and curious how you resonate with that and what that means to you. Yeah, I would say my history of like growing up and becoming the person I want to be has taught me to like, not take that into account. Like the things that are outside of your control should not like bother you to a certain extent. Like I know there's things that still bother me like traffic and all that kind of stuff. But you know, (laughs) the actions and what people do, like, that's not my responsibility. I think a lot of people end up building or just sort of navigating through life and sort of going where the wind directs them. Yes. And, you know, intentionality is a big element or a big piece that we discuss on on this show quite in depth. Mm -hmm. Do you think people typically build their life like with a great level of intentionality? Or do you find most people who come to you are just sort of trying to figure out how to do that? It's an interesting theme to me, especially because I see a lot of people in their early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, who sort of wake up and they're not thrilled with their life. And they just sort of say, hey, this is my life. This is what it's going to be. And I'm curious just to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's so true. Most of my clients are between 20, 35. And the people that I've worked with or are working with are kind of in that stage where like they've realized what they're doing. Like, yeah, it's good. It's not horrible, but it's just there. I'm just going through the motions of life. And they realize like, ooh, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to figure out what I need to do and figure out who I am as a person if they're confused with that aspect. A lot of people are in that stage where they're just kind of rolling through the motions and like they're accepting whatever comes their way, like a promotion, for example, like, oh, cool, I got this promotion. It just happened to open up at work. I guess this is a good thing rather than being intentional, like this is what I want to do or that's what I want to do. And how do I need to build those skills to get to where I need to be? It's definitely interesting. I'm 28. But when I think about when I was in college, Mm -hmm. the theme or the message is just like, you know, you're going to go to school, you're going to get a job. And that job's going to guide you for, you know, you're going to work the rest of your life. Yeah. I remember hearing like, just older people telling me, oh, you know, Welcome to the rest of your life. You're going to be working for the rest of your life. And even that almost has like this negative spin to it where it's like, oh, your life's over now. It's just work now. But I guess I wish in your early 20s, you were taught more about building with intention and living with intention and that the life you want doesn't need to necessarily be just what ends up presenting itself. But you could actually say, I want this or I want that. And this is what I'm going to go and pursue. Yeah, I completely agree. And that intentionality can can show up in different ways for individuals. It could be like with boundaries with yourself or exploring career options or living a life that's maybe unconventional from what other people have to say. But I think millennials or people that in their younger ages are thinking differently, which is so awesome compared to the older generations. So they're more self-aware with these aspects. But yeah. What about people who don't know what they want? There's plenty of people out there that don't know what they want. But I would say for people that I talk to in this conversation about not knowing what they want is number one, you don't have to do that alone. I think there are so many benefits when it comes to talking to a friend, maybe a therapist, maybe a life coach about exploring different options. When you 
talk about it, it makes so much more sense rather than like thinking about it in your head or keeping it inside. But be curious with yourself. That's the biggest. Curiosity is important. Yeah. And you have to do this in a place where you're not talking down to yourself. You're not like, you know, you're not beating yourself up for exploring and being curious and like, oh, well, why should I be curious? I'm already 31 and, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I might as well give up. Right. Life's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think curiosity is, you know, something that could take you a long way. I feel also, you know, social media in general has become... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I see your your facial reaction <laughs> on the other end of this. But I actually think that oftentimes when people are like, I don't know what I want, I'm starting to believe that it's more like information overload. Yes. There's so many options. Yes. That it's overwhelming. And, you know, people start to see like the highlight reel of other people living this amazing life from the 10 second video or pictures they put on social media. And it's easy to start to compare yourself and say, why is that not my life? Or regardless if it's actually their life or not their mm-hmm. life, you know, you don't know the ins and outs, obviously. I've experienced this myself where I start talking in my own head saying, you know, why am I not doing X, Y, Z? Or is this really what I want to be doing? Look how awesome this other person's life is on social media. Should I be doing that? There's really so much content out there that obviously there's plenty of great content out there, but there's also plenty of really toxic content out there that- yeah can hurt your life decisions. Yeah, it's a comparison trap. And people see, you know, that five second reel, like you said, that they portray or like I see it on my phone and then I portray their entire life to be perfect just the way it shows up in this video, which is not true. Like, you know, granted, we know that, but we don't actually like intentionally think like now, Nikki, you know, talking to yourself, like, is that actually reality? They're just showing the best part of their life right now. They go through struggles. Like I help people breach their goals. I'm a life coach, but I still have struggles too. I'm not perfect. I have a coach as well. And I think you have to have a realistic mindset when it comes to social media and seeing what's going on on there. Because yeah, that's a slippery slope to get on. Yeah. One other thing that I started to recognize, I'd say really over like the last year and a half is that, you know, not all people who are trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like not all work needs to have incredible meaning. Yeah. I used to think that like, you know, work, you wanted to to find fulfillment. You wanted to do something that you woke up, you connected with that excited you. But I've really started to recognize that, you know, if that's what you want, it's certainly out there and possible. But it's also okay to find a job or a career path where you're going to go in, do your work, get a paycheck, and then spend your time outside of your work doing, you know, maybe a hobby or other things that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I find that a lot of people who might feel like they're lost, you know, they're not actually lost. Maybe they're just, or they think their work should have greater meaning than it might have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It does make sense. It also depends on the stage of life and what you want. This goes back to like what's most important to you, your purposes. What do you want to do with your life? If that means working a job that you have no interest in to make money, to enjoy passions and hobbies outside of that, by all means, go for it. Do you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of being a life coach, what does your life look like? And did you go to any like life coach training programs or you're pulling from your previous career? Did you read a lot of life coaching books? I'm curious what that looks like for you as a life coach. Yeah. So when it comes to like training and that sort of thing, I'll answer that question first. Like I went and got a college degree. I got my MBA, you know, kind of like what I thought I should, should be doing. And a lot of my coaching comes from experience with that. But as well, I do have like two other certifications in coaching because I think that's important to learn those skills in a certain capacity. But 
when it comes to like my life. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And the work that I do as a life coach, I create a schedule that I enjoy. I don't overwork myself. I still have hobbies outside of work that, you know, I work to build those hobbies just like others do. So, you know, it may seem great or it may be like, oh, she's an entrepreneur, you know, like she's a life coach, but there's still hard work. There's still things that I don't necessarily enjoy about my job that I have to do, but I do enjoy the purpose. I think it's important for me to have purpose inside my job and outside of my job. So this is the way, the path that I've found that I enjoy the most. That makes sense. So In terms of your own like coaching business, I guess I want to give my listeners some tips as it relates to helping them be more effective with their own time. And I'm curious what your tips around that would be. Okay, so I know this is an easy thing. And most of us all know this, but you do have to plan things out. I know some of us aren't planners. And that's okay, you can still find ways to plan and be organized to make most of your time. And it comes down to being productive or efficient with those types of things. So like, for me, what works best for me to get the most out of my time is I have like two sets of calendars. This may be a little more advanced or crazy for people, but like my weekly, monthly things are all electronic. But every day before I start my day, I spend five minutes and write down what I want to accomplish. Like what other goals do I need to accomplish besides just my coaching sessions for the day or, you know, a consultation call or a podcast. There's other things, you know, that administrative work that I have to do behind the scenes. So getting really specific with those aspects and listing them off. I like to check things off. (laughs) You know, I'm an achiever, I'll be honest. So that prioritizing and checking things off is pretty natural to me. But I know that can be difficult for others. Yeah, that's definitely great. You know, setting your weekly goals. I have a planner here that and I've done different systems in the past. I used to use a note card. Yeah. Similarly, where I would write like the things for the day that I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. I have a planner where I write my weekly goals for the week and my top three. And I just look to try to get those done by like the end of the week. What's something you think that like young adults sh- should be doing to set the foundation for their life? Ooh, that's a good question. What they should be <laughs> doing to set a foundation for the rest of their life. I would say intentionally taking time to work for yourself, work on yourself that exploration phase where you need to figure out these things, like what's important to you? What values do you have? If you're not in a relationship, what do you want to see in a partner? What do you want to see in your career? You know, really understanding those things and work on yourself. If you don't, you know, buy a book. If you're a reader, take an online course, get a coach for whatever you want to work on. But 
I feel like taking those things seriously now when you're younger sets you up for life because life doesn't get easier as things move on. You're going to get more busier and there's never going to be a right time to quote unquote work on these things to get curious Mm. with yourself. So bringing it back to that intentionality, like you have to just do it at some point. Yeah. So your advice is to set aside time to focus on yourself and focus on giving yourself space and time to focus on thinking about what you want to build in your life, what you want your life to look look like. Yeah, that self-exploration. It could be, you know, with emotional intelligence or self-awareness and kind of understanding past experiences that you have or future experiences, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think also, you know, as you get older, I think a lot of people, if you haven't done that work like previous in your you're not doing that already in your late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, I think a lot of people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s say, okay, this is what my life is. This is what it's looked like. Yeah. This is what it will be for the rest of my life. And, you know, I actually think that as you get older, you're actually in a better position if you start to get curious about other things to go and explore and maybe even make the change. Because regardless, you know, if you've committed to something for 10 years or a decade or two decades, you have a lot more life experience, knowledge, expertise, where I think it's easier to navigate big changes if that's something that you'd want. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Two things I want to say about that is like, it may not be urgent right now, but you building these small intentional habits does compound over time. So like, there may not be an urgency behind like discovering yourself or understanding your emotional intelligence or like any of those aspects. But it is important to start working on these things because they are going to compound over time. So that's my first yeah. thing. <laughs> my second thing that I see a lot now, like it's kind of the opposite where older people are now realizing that they've wasted and not, not necessarily wasted, but they've wasted their time working for a job they don't enjoy because they were brought up with those habits or values of you work with one place, you accept whatever they pay you and you just do your job and you leave or, you know, you marry this person because you've been with them naturally for so long. So they are kind of waking up as older people and saying like, this is not what I want. This is not who I am. So they're doing all the work that should have been done when they were younger or when what you could be doing now. So like, I guess what I'm trying to say for like the younger folks listening is like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to end up being 50, 60 and then realizing you hate your job. You hate your marriage. You have no confidence. You have zero boundaries with yourself and you're not able to communicate. You know, you can do the work now. It does mean a lot, even though you may not see that instant gratification that you're used to. Yeah, that's interesting. So if if you weren't going to be working with a coach, but you wanted to start to do some internal work and look introspectively, what would be your advice on like, like, where do you start? So there's a bunch of different options. So podcasts, listening to podcasts, hearing from people's experiences. Some of them are really action oriented. Just listening to those types of things helps you kind of put connections with yourself or like understand what's going on with yourself, what you value, any of those types of things. Books and two types of books you could think about is like, just learning books, you know, stuff that if you want to learn to communicate better or have more confidence, there's books out there for you that you can just learn things. But there's also like workbooks that you could actually use for yourself. You just have to be consistent with applying those things to you. Got it. You know, I'm trying to think, I guess someone came up to you and they're like, hey, I want to figure out what to do with my life Mm -hmm. or I want to be happier with my life. And I know that's it's a very vague and kind of broad, open-ended question. Yeah. But 
assuming the person didn't do or hasn't been doing or has never really actually sat down by themselves and started to think through like, what do I want my life to look like? After they listen to maybe some podcasts or they read some books, is there anything actionable that they can do to try to actually apply that to their life to start to at least think through like, what do I want my life to look like? How can I be happier? Things of that nature. Yeah, I would say some immediate things that come to my mind is if you're lacking happiness or anything of that nature, getting clear on what that means to you. So what does happiness mean to you? And that can mean a whole boatload of different things to everybody. So thinking about what happiness means to you and what feelings that you want associated with that happiness. Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel secure? Of course, we want to feel happy, but you know, there's different feelings than just happy that are more in depth. So understanding what happiness means to you, what you want to feel when you're happy, and you can Google like the wheel of emotions that will give you a whole list or show a whole picture of different types of emotions or feelings. And then maybe for an instant gratification thing is like, how can I start incorporating those feelings into my life right now? If I want to feel confident and secure and happy, how can I do that this weekend? How can I do that this evening? Is it going to get your nails done or going to exercise that makes you feel confident? You know, there's different things, different ways you can incorporate that right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One other thing I'd love to touch on is habits and creating good habits and actually creating a habit, right? Because it's easy to say like, I want to start to work out, but you go to the gym once, then you take the next week off and then you don't go back for two weeks, things of that nature. Yeah. If you want to change your life and you want to start to build better habits, what would be your advice on, around how to actually do that? Start small. Super easy. You, small wins. you small have wins. to start small. And this could be in a different different way. So like the easiest one, I typically give this example is like push-ups. If you can only do one push-up, but you want your goal is to do 25 push-ups a day, doing 25 push-ups a day is not feasible for you. So why do that? You're setting yourself up for failure. So instead of doing 25 push-ups a day, you need to start with two. Two push-ups a day, five days a week. And I don't mm. say seven days a week because it's not it's not reasonable or feasible for you to do this habit every single day because you can't. You're going to have failure. You're going to have lack of focus. Things are going to happen. So making sure that it starts small with maybe two push-ups and five days a week or even three days a week. You just have to start small so you don't set yourself up for failure because when you do that, you're just asking yourself to quit. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Speaking about failure, I guess, you know, I think a lot of people are now starting to maybe not necessarily embrace failure, but welcome it a little bit more. And it's not as taboo as it once was. But what do you tell you know your your clients or people who work with who have the perception that, oh, they failed at doing X, Y, Z? Because I, I actually think failure is, as long as you welcome it and obviously give give whatever the task is like your absolute best so you can look back and say, okay, at least I tried my best and I gave my all so you can at least be like satisfied or happy knowing that you did everything that you could in your power. But I'm curious, like, you know, what you tell your clients as it relates to failure and, and things like that. Yeah. Failure is a part of life. You're going to fail. I have no doubt in that. And that's me being reasonable. Like, I'm not here to tell you that things are going to be perfect because they're not. But failure is part of your success story. You know, you have to fail in order to learn what you need to do or what you don't need to do. 
It's so funny that you said that because I just wrote an email to be sent out about that right before this podcast because one of my Facebook memories from 13 years ago, I posted and I said, successes are built on a multitude of failures. That's how you become mm. successful. You have to fail. And it's nerve-wracking. It's embarrassing. You know, you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to look stupid. But that is literally one of the best ways to learn what to do and how to grow yeah. inside yourself. Yeah. And everything takes time, too. I've read uh, or looked at, like, some pretty interesting posts from other people as it relates to, like, success with entrepreneurship. And I don't remember the exact age group, but it's like the most successful entrepreneurs that turn an idea into a successful business. I think they do it between the ages of like 52 or 53 to 65 or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But most people who are starting successful businesses aren't the 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, or even 40-year-olds. The people who have the most impactful success within their business are really like in their 50s. And, you know, obviously it's... Because they failed. (laughs) Yeah. And they've had all this, these years of success or, or these years of experience. trying different things and learning experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. You got to fail forward. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is there anything that I didn't ask you on this episode that you wish I did ask? I would say just as a piece of advice for others is when it comes to creating goals or discovering yourself, all those types of things, remember there's no instant gratification. It does take time. And you have to be patient and curious with yourself and set those small habits. But you got to be intentional. It sounds super simple saying it, but the work does come from you. So you have to be disciplined with those things. And just know your time's coming. All these things you're doing are compounding to make that goal or to see the bigger picture or whatever it might be. Yeah, patience is also just like so critical. And I know we touched upon social media a little bit at the beginning, but it's just like the yeah flexing that muscle. And I think being patient is actually a muscle that you can train over time within your own life where yes. it's like, okay, I need to be patient here. I need to be patient here because things just really do take time. Yeah. And give yourself rest. You don't have to do everything all at once. Factor in rest. It's important for longevity. Like you're going to get bored or overworked or burnt out if you do too much at once. A hundred percent. Well, Nikki, the Bits of Gold podcast is all about building your dream life, moving forward in the face of adversity and committing to building a life you love. What would be your Bits of Gold on how to build a life you love? Ooh, that's a really tough one. I would say having belief in yourself. Like not just saying like, I believe in myself, but like really showing up and doing the work like this is possible for me. It's not unrealistic to go find a job and make X amount of money. It's not unrealistic for me to own this type of car or anything like any of your goals. Anything that you want to do is totally possible. You just have to have the belief and confidence that you can do it. And it's totally achievable. Just think about what's possible for yourself. Awesome. Where can people find you, connect with you, get in touch if they want to learn more about your program or just want to speak with you? Yeah. So my business name is Unleashed Leadership. I do have a website, which is unleashedleadership.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram. I am on TikTok, (laughs) trying that whole thing out. But it is all of those handles are Unleashed Leadership. And you can shoot me a message, whatever that is. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. 
If you like this episode, please take a minute, subscribe, leave a review, and make sure to tune back in this upcoming Monday where you'll drop a new interview to help you continue to build your dream life. Have an awesome week. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.